Welcome back to another episode of Goalie Field. It's been a hot second since we last got on to talk soccer with you guys. Today Happy is New Year. February 1st <laughs> of 2020. Sorry, if you were going to pretend like it was January 1st, uh, I missed that bit. No, no, no. Um, yeah, it has been, we checked, we, I'm pretty sure we have not recorded an episode since December 10th. Um, part of that was because I was not in the mood to talk about Bournemouth. Um, after I recorded one congratulatory episode praising Steve Cook for his play as of late, he became, the, he became the Steve Cook that I vilified for all of last year. And who we um, evolved from 2,000 years Yes, ago. yeah. 20,000 years ago. A, uh, a stint in goal for Steve Cook, uh, <laughs> so to speak put him back on on my bad side uh for those of you who are not familiar he saved the ball while while still being an outfield player uh by just just stuck a nice just stuck a nice hand out there stuck his whole arm out there yeah Um, and and in his defense he saved the ball (laughs) yes but ramsdale did not save the ensuing penalty steve cook obviously received a red because that is in every way illegal. <laughs> um, and Bournemouth lost that game. I'm trying to remember which game that was. Now I can't. Um, it was against Norwich. Thank you. Yes. I believe they lost that game 1-0, actually. Uh, a game they definitely needed to win. Um, and for those of you, again, who are not familiar with sort of Bournemouth's form as of late, I don't blame you because they haven't been a whole great deal of fun to watch. Um, and therefore, we haven't been reporting on them. Yes, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sore little baby loser, and when my team does bad, I don't want to talk about my team or anybody else's team, because it's That's my right. team, and they, they should be good. Um, my team hasn't been very but, good yeah, either. So. Bournemouth were in dire, dire straits, uh, sitting actually within the relegation zone for the first time in, I don't know how long, I don't remember the last time that happened, legitimately. No uh, kidding, yeah. You know, this far into the season, not like after the first game or something. Um, and so that was scary. That was weird. Um, there was a lot of stuff coming out about the organization, about players. Um, just, I, I think that the ensuing feeling was that everybody got out a little over their skis this season in terms of expectations. They brought in some players that didn't necessarily fit. Um there were some pretty severe medical staff issues that I'm not sure have really rectified themselves, but winning sort of paints over everything. And right. uh, Bournemouth have won their last two games. A 3-1 win against Brighton, a 2-1 win today over Aston Villa, where Bournemouth found themselves playing for 44 minutes, if you count extra time, with 10 <laughs> men. Um, two wins that... Included some of the best Bournemouth football I've seen all year, uh, and not just 
all year, but possibly some of the best football I've seen them play the past two-plus seasons. Um, today's game, I watched from start to finish, and it was it was incredible. Um, I don't think I've seen them play with that sort of spirit and, f- and competitive just fire for that long. I think for a, a lot of time recently, they've gotten comfortable being a team that plays pretty football. And when they can't play pretty football, they play really haphazard football, and it never kind of turns out in their advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to be honest, going into the going into the second half, up 2-0, I felt pretty good. Lerma sitting on a yellow card for I mean, well deserved first yellow uh, for hacking down Jack Grealish um, as he kind of entered the final third. Um. But his, his second yellow, which was around the 50th minute, so like five minutes into the second half, I can't say the same for. This This second <laughs> half was probably among some of the the least well-reffed I've ever seen a Bournemouth game. Um, and when, when you see fans of the other team sort of agree with you that your team got the shaft on, on reffing, I think that's telling. Especially because there's not a lot of love lost between Villa fans and Bournemouth fans, I think, so far. Because the officiating was very one-sided the first time they played this year in favor of Bournemouth. You you probably remember the Philip mm-hmm. Billing game where he could have gotten yellows on like eight different plays yep. and, uh, and did not. Um, he made up for that today, scoring his first uh, league goal with Bournemouth, which was super exciting. Uh, opened up the proceedings and... Um, but yeah, so second yellow for Lerma was Jack's, I almost said Jack Stacey, Jack Grealish with, uh, with the ball facing up Lerma who had been shadowing him all game. Definitely like not, not a lot of friendliness between them all game. And Grealish was going at him. They each had a yellow Grealish dribbles off to the side and runs directly through Jefferson Lerma who doesn't move, but doesn't like do anything aggressive he makes no decisive move either way he just stands his ground and Grealish trips falls over Lerma falls over Lerma gets the second yellow and everybody in vitality was like are you are you for real um is that what they're saying (laughs) more or less (laughs) I mean it wasn't that polite but yeah I mean that was the indicator of kind of how that game was going to be reffed in the second half, it had been really chippy late in the first half, so I think maybe they wanted to change, take away a little bit of that physicality, but that's not how you ref a soccer game. You you can't ref it one half one way and then ref it a second half the other way because you have right. to establish some sort right. of consistency. Um, but, yeah, And you no. can understand the chippiness in a game between two sides that are trying to fight for their own just, survival yeah, but just keep their head um, above water but that's kind of again what you got to come into it as a referee knowing that it's going to be a certain level of chippiness because again it's yeah not a whole lot of talent if you will on both sides it's a lot of winning those extra balls things like that so yeah um, yeah and and especially when you have lerma and grealish occupying the same you know like four feet of pitch for 90 percent right. of the match those are two of the biggest wind-up guys in that like lower third of the league. And they're going to go at each other, especially Lerma going at Grealish. Grealish being undoubtedly the star of this Aston Villa team. 
he he wants to get in Grealish's head. He does that. I mean, Lerma's got I don't know how many yellows. When he picked up his first yellow, he he already accumulated a two game suspension. So <laughs> that was before the red. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he's that's the way he plays. Um, whether it's always fair all the time is up for debate. I'm not going to get into that now because it's a little hard to to uh, to really describe verbally. Um, but yeah, it was it was a tough game. Up two zero, Lerma gets sent off. Um, doggone, I can't remember who scored the goal for Villa, but it was a it was a messy goal. Ramsdale did not have the best game today, but I mean, yeah, it was Samata on his his debut for Villa. So yes, um, right, Keenan Davis um took a shot, took a it took a weird ricochet. Ramsdale kind of came out to clear it, but couldn't get up high enough, and um or just didn't jump soon enough, I guess. And yeah, Samata scored, make it two one, and understandably everybody in Vitality was pretty nervous about that, given that two one, uh, one goal lead with ten men is sort of a tenuous place to be. But <laughs> the last twenty minutes of that game were just, I mean, incredible. The the energy you could tell that they had a few chances. This this was a game that probably could have ended. It could have ended three two. Aston Villa, it could have ended 4-1 Bournemouth. There were a few chances for both sides that probably should have been converted. Um, I know Jack Grealish would like to have one back that he uh, he clipped the outside of the post and then had a different one that went between Ramsdale's legs but caught the inside of Ramsdale's calf and went <laughs> wide instead of going into the back of the net, which was like the ins- most insane luck on a save I think I've seen in a while. Um but yeah, I after after about a month of extremely poor form, a lot of questions being asked of Ryan Frazier public apology to the Bournemouth supporters and team for not buying in for the first half of the year. Um, everybody's putting in their shifts now. It's 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 super obvious to me that this is a team that does care, that does want to stay up, um, because now they're being asked to really take pride in who they are, and it, it's going to be the difference between them being a championship team next year or them getting a chance at redemption in the premier league. But uh, yeah, so that's sort of the Bournemouth rundown. It's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting, I, I don't know the, the, these next two games, they got Sheffield away and then Burnley away. And those are kind of, kind of, kind of big points to be taken. I mean, Sheffield United, God, I mean, we'll get to them, but they're in fifth place at the moment. Um, so that's never easy, and then away to Burnley is never easy. But after that, it's Chelsea, Liverpool, Palace, which is I'm not saying Palace is some like upper echelon, but it's smack dab in the middle of then Wolves, Newcastle, United, Spurs, Leicester, Man City, and so it's um, these these are points that they definitely needed to take, and so um, hopefully they don't go, come back to rue that that uh, Norwich game in which Steve Cook, of course, had the handball um, or anything like that. So it'll be it'll be a very important next two weeks here for for uh, Bournemouth to get these points before yeah. going into and the goal. Yeah, some really tough matches, yeah. Um, I don't feel super confident, but honestly, if they come out with really any points at all, I'll feel okay. Um, 
it's just about kind of remaining at at half an arm's length from from the bottom two teams for sure and trying to pick up space between that third team wherever you can right exactly exactly so i yeah i i'm i'm extremely you know heartened by their performance today and hopefully they can they can keep that energy uh going which we know has been a that's been a consistent problem for them inconsistency all season so <laughs> consistently <laughs> fingers crossed. inconsistent yeah yes yeah the bournemouth mantra really um but hey i wouldn't have it any other way the relegation roller coaster is a is a adrenaline high akin to winning the league so this is uh <laughs> <laughs> this is something i'm i got like nail marks in my palms from clenching my fists so much oh there you go that's the yeah. uh, the true mark of a lower level team. Lower level yeah, stuff. right. Uh, one lower level team who's actually had a great run of form as of late carried themselves out of the relegation zone and nearly in the top half of the table is uh, Southampton. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, uh, disregarding their sort of <laughs> dismemberment by Liverpool today, they put in <laughs> right. to to Southampton's credits, they put in a really good sixty five minutes. <laughs> and the wheels sort of came off, which happens, you know. It's, it, it does, it's yeah. The nature of the game that when you play Liverpool, you get cooked. Um, and Liverpool are legitimately but, probably going to go yeah. down as the, one of the best top three Premier League sides in history. So, like, again, it, you can, yeah, it, it's it's an understandable, but but yeah, kind of washing away that game. I mean, they had a very very good. Uh, back half of December as well as January, um, mm-hmm. which included some big wins against Chelsea, wins against Spurs, of course, uh, wins against Leicester, um, and then, of course, going up to the the loss against Liverpool today. And that has, uh, you can't really say uh, cemented at this point in the season, but um, because, I mean, again, it's far from cemented, but it has done a lot to help a team that was really, really, truly struggling. And um, mm-hmm. they've been getting a little bit more assistance. It used to be kind of just the Danny Ings show, and it was really how many he scored was going to be the, the scoreline to the game. Um, but they've been finding some some other scores in Nathan Redmond, Stuart Armstrong, et cetera, um, that has really buoyed them as well. And so yeah. um, it's kind of it kind of goes to credit a lot of credit to Hassenhutl. Um but also yeah, just kind of like you were saying for Bournemouth, it's kind of just like a, oh, the team wakes up and remembers we're supposed to be good again versus right. um, a lot of the problem that they've been having. And so um, it definitely is interesting. And, and we're talking about this as they have the, the second leg replay of the FA Cup against Spurs midweek, but um, they've become a properly formidable side again, like they were in the Southampton 2015, 2016, etc. cetera. Yeah. How uh, how sustainable do you buy them? Do you think that they can you know rise or stick around eleven, or do you expect a little bit of drop off? No, I think they can stick there um, okay. again because this has been a, against a decently tough run of run of teams, and so um, I I did not think that they were going to be as bad as this this year. Um, in my predictions, I had them at the upper half of the bottom half, um, <laughs> around ten, eleven, twelve, but. Um, third quarter so to speak right correct um so 
so yeah, I, I feel like this is this is kind of their place to stay. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, I, I only ask because they're still sort of... <laughs> in terms of teams in that point range, they by far have the worst goal differential, but I think a lot of that is residual from their, you know, before they woke up, as right. you phrased it. I think the, uh, the thing benefiting Southampton the most in this sort of turnaround is we talked a little bit about the Danny Ings thing. And I think that's a really big factor, of course. Um, but getting, uh, Angus Gunn out of goal <laughs> and replacing him with Alex McCarthy has about been one of the best things they could have done for this team. And I realized part of this was fitness related. It wasn't like they wanted to start gun, right. uh, but he was a travesty every time he was on the pitch. Truly. So well and true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's it's really important to them in these games that where they've shut out big teams. You know, it's not like they're winning these, like, 4-3, like, gunners. They're, let's see, uh, what are their, their last few results? Um, well, they beat Spurs 1-0. Yeah. Yeah, Huddersfield, well, that doesn't count. Um, but 2-1, Leicester, 2-3, lost to Wolves, 2-0 win over Crystal Palace, uh, draw against uh, Tottenham Hotspur, which you talked about is the the replay. Um, and then uh, <laughs> their their game today against Liverpool, which we'll gloss over as that is Liverpool, and you can't sort of um, judge any team for how they how they lose to Liverpool at this point. Right, it doesn't fit our narrative. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's just like there's such Liverpool is such an outlier at this point that I don't think it's representative of any teams defensive or offensive success to say oh they lost 4-0 to liverpool no definitely you're, you're, you're spot on yeah um elsewhere 2-2 draw between uh <laughs> between chelsea and leicester um two thomas rudiger antonio headers. rudiger yes antonio rudiger thomas rudiger i don't know who that is um anyway yeah antonio rudiger headers uh one from both from the right side of the goal one going far post, just a power header that Casper Schmeichel really had no chance at. The other one, a little dink and diver uh, near post that hit probably right on the line of the goal and then bounced in uh, past Casper Schmeichel's uh, foot. I don't know where that came from. Mason Mount with, bo- with both assists. Again, this is a game that ended 2-2. Um you know, with 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 Tammy Abraham not at full fitness, I guess you look for contributors anywhere you can find them. But uh, I gotta say, I didn't expect this. No, no kidding. Yeah, it's um, again, it kind of goes goes down to that about uh, you kind of gotta have people like well, <laughs> I was gonna say people like that step up, but again, you can't exactly be expecting your center back to be providing braces for you, um, right? Week yeah. in, week out. But uh, no, like you said, Abraham out um kind of saw Leicester taking the three points here but um I think this is a big point for Chelsea um to take away especially given their inaction in the transfer window um a lot of people thought they might Mm -hmm. bring in a striker due to the fact that um that Abraham will be out but um their kind of lack of decision making and in that aspect um I mean Rudiger Rudiger proven that uh he can play up top. <laughs> hey, there you go. You know, you and you have Betchwai, who I'm still really high on. Uh, he had a good season with Crystal Palace. Before that, he had a good season with, uh, I think, was he with Valencia or was he with, uh, I know he played with Dortmund for a Both. little bit. 
Uh, yeah, so he's been he's been admirable at most of his lone appearances, um, and I do think he'll hold up while while Tammy's out. Um, I I find it interesting Frank Lampard's comments about their inaction in the transfer window, uh, saying that they're kind of the underdog at this point for a top four spot, uh, possibly on the outside looking in. After Sheffield made some really impressive moves. Uh, we saw, obviously, the Bruno Fernandez signing, and we'll get into a little bit more of this transfer stuff, but do you feel like Chelsea's decision to not move could end up really uh, costing them down the stretch? I, I think so, and I, I, and I still... Um, I know that's kind of Lampard. You got, you got to say something about, like, you can't be... I mean, I guess you can't, but you can't... He's not going to come <laughs> out and say, like, we didn't get any players. Like, I really wanted players. I'm upset with this. Uh, you kind of got to go with what, what the flow is. But I, I mean, I, I, I solidly disagree that. I mean, they're certainly not on the outside looking in. They're not underdogs to take a top four spot. I think they're five points ahead of fifth place. And again, mm-hmm. no disrespect to Sheffield, but fifth place is Sheffield. And I, they, they can, can, they'll continue to do this and plot along. But it's just, it's hard for me to see them doing enough to give a valiant challenge. Yeah. To where. The I, final four weeks of the season, Sheffield United are being talked about for fourth place, and, yeah. and so again, you got United, you got Spurs, Wolves. I mean, they're all right there. So I guess they could, but I I still don't think at all that Chelsea are underdogs. And I think that especially with Champions League starting back up soon, they got to play Bayern, um, and then just all these competitions going on. I think that. Um, not having a good or a, a proper strike option, especially with Pulisic still out. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like you said, Batchway is still there, but um, so we'll at least get to see him a little bit more. But um, I, I think you don't that sound too high on him. It's just I, I I think it says a lot about the fact that that Tammy Abraham is this leading guy. Is that I, I yeah. was very high on Batchway and. Um, he wasn't great at Chelsea on his initial stint here. So after he got loaned out to Dortmund and Valencia and was playing well, it was kind of like a, well, like, what are you guys doing? Like, look at this player you yeah. just loaned out. Um, but then again, getting loaned to Palace, he was he was all right for Palace. Um, he was kind of what they needed, but um, still not scoring goals at an impressive enough clip. And then, mm-hmm. again, there's, you, you, there's a reason that he hasn't broken through this team. And... Um, that's something that we may not be able to see from our angle, but it's it's something that, um, yeah, it's it's again he'll have a chance to prove himself with Tammy being out, but um, I, I I still think that they needed a bit more of a move, especially mm-hmm. uh, since they spent so much time, effort, money, everything, getting the transfer ban pulled away. It kind of seemed like they were they were ready to go and. Again, Chelsea not being able to sign anyone, you figured they would have a list of people that, all right, when the ban's lifted, this is who we're going to go. And so right. I think it was just kind of surprising to you, to me, to everyone that they didn't really act on that, that they, they got the transfer ban lifted, and then it was kind of like, eh, we, we, we can yeah. wait. So um, yeah, I think it, it could come back to, to bite them if they get any other kind of important injuries if you will yeah and 
it was honestly a pretty quiet window overall. Um, a few signings we saw coming, a few departures we saw coming a mile out. I think took a took a little bit of the sting out of the big signings. Uh, Bruno Fernandez, as we mentioned, uh, to Manchester United. He started today. Actually, had I think he led the team in shots on target. Yes, what, he ended did. Up being a scoreless game <laughs> against a scoreless game against Wolves. So we'll see if uh, we'll see if that persists. Um, obviously, they're still trying to figure out their striking options as Marcus Rashford deals with a variety of ailments um but so that was one again we saw coming so when it happened not a ton of surprise there uh erickson to enter again was one that had a ton of you know lead up we we yeah. knew it was we knew it was coming we knew he had a foot out the door i mean as as rec- as early as a year ago uh it was pretty obvious um two more uh minamino to le- uh, to liverpool doesn't even feel like a winter signing honestly because it happened so long ago right um right but he did he played nine minutes against southampton today um no real goal contributions but the game was long wrapped up so that's part of it and he was able Uh, to come in for sadio mane after mane went off um yes and so i think that yeah that's such a good signing and god liverpool are going to be a force to be reckoned with for a while now yeah, it's really annoying. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, in in other news, when you talk about the bottom of the table, West Ham easily, I would say, the wealthiest team at the bottom of the table. Um, splash the cash for Hull City's Jared Bowen, which was, to my understanding, a pretty roundly coveted player for the teams in that bottom third of the table. Yeah. Uh, a winger-midfielder combination who... I believe he's 23. Yeah. So still pretty young, um, pretty dynamic guy who's, I mean, he's drawn a few comparisons to guys like Aryan Robin, which I don't know if I'd go that far, (laughs) Um, but definitely a dynamic player who could bring a lot to West Ham. Uh, If you ask me, he's a similar player, maybe a little slower, a little more creative than Felipe Anderson. I wonder if they'll try to play them both at the same time or if they'll try to rotate them. Um, but that was sort of the, the big money signing outside of these guys. Uh, your Spurs brought in, uh, yeah, Steven, Steven uh, Bergvine. Bergvine, um, which yeah. was an interesting signing from PSV. Uh, I really yeah. like it. Yeah. Similar to similar in vain, I would say to the Lucas Mora signing of two years ago. It, it is. Yeah. He's someone that, um, that provides something that we don't have a lot of. Um, again, Lucas Mora kind of brings it in flashes, but just someone that's that's very quick and will run at players mm-hmm. and, and kind of try and get in behind every which way. Um, yeah. And so I think that it'll be a good attacking option going forward. Um, kind of, in the end, a disappointing window uh, just altogether. I mean, well... I guess the biggest thing, Bergvine, not even really the biggest thing. The biggest thing is is buying Lacelso for permanent, uh, or at least sealing that deal as a permanent move. Yes, um, yeah, fair. That one, I mean, Lacelso has been ridiculous. He's been fantastic since he's been back from the injury. Um, he has been. I mean, it it really does look like it's almost like watching the Ericsson of old, just kind of wiggling out of plays, yep. making plays. Whether or not he's the initial assister, but. Um, he really is is crucial in a lot of these in a lot of these actions. 
Um, yeah, I think he brings that that almost hockey assist value that Erickson has of setting up the pass that sets up the assist. Yeah, exactly. And just he he's able to tee that up and see the game in such a way that you know he provides that that first ball to create the to, to create the second ball. Exactly. Yeah. So he he is someone that I was super super stoked to to have uh, made permanent just because he didn't get a ton of time. Uh, he, he's, he's a regular in the squad at this point, but certainly at the start of Mourinho, he was not getting a ton of time. And so it was kind of a little bit worrying for a lot of Spurs fans that, um, he was just going to frankly want out and that he wasn't, or with the loan deal that he was just going to say, no, this is it six months, whatever going back. Um, so it was great to see that, uh, signed up, but again, it, it kind of comes back to the problems that are at right and left back which have not been Mm -hmm. dealt with danny rose has been uh loaned out to newcastle um kyle walker peters has been loaned out to southampton which i'm really excited i i want danny rose out he has been a cancer to the side um and it's kind of refreshing to see him gone however there's a lack of options to slide in there ben davis is still recovering from injury so um Surely he'll go there. Um, it's just going to have to be a lot of Jan Vertonghen at left back, uh, which the Moses side... Sissoko at right back. Right, but he's hurt. <laughs> um, yeah, I can never forget that experiment. Jesus. Um, but yeah, then on right back, yeah, it's, it's Serge Aurier or Bust pretty much. And so uh, there's... I, I was really hoping to see a wing back come in um, in the window. And so kind of disappointing. We weren't really linked with any to be honest but um it'll that'll have to be a winter signing because this team really really needs some defense um but we'll 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 see it all in all um i'm again i'm I'm just happy that lacelso is here on a permanent basis that's going to be massive um yeah totally agree yeah hopefully we'll see bergvein uh play against city this weekend or tomorrow i should say um yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, he's like you said, brings a lot of the things that Lucas Moura brings. I would, I would classify him as a better player, but we'll have to see him out of you know the PSV Eredivisie yeah. environment yeah. in the Premier League. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I I'm I'm kind of excited. I I do think Spurs had probably a better window than a lot of teams, but like you're saying, maybe did not address positions of massive need. Right, exactly. It's, I mean, Kane, of course, can be out for long term, and so I guess mm-hmm. they're kind of trying to load up on some attacking players to go forward, given that Sun might have to yeah. play in a bit of a different role, etc. Um, yeah, it, them not being able to uh, to secure Olivier Giroud, which I know they were <laughs> they were linked to him, or Piatek. Yeah, from, um, that was the one I was upset about. AC yeah. Milan, yeah, yeah, is he at Milan? Um, yeah, the uh, the Polish striker. Uh, it's only 25 years old, I believe. Yeah. Um, surprised they weren't able to lock that one down, but would have been a really nice replacement for Harry Kane. Not necessarily the same ball skills, but uh, certainly a tall target man with, with a good deal of skill with his feet. Exactly. Um, and that's always valuable to a team like Tottenham. It's always valuable to a Jose Mourinho team as well. Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, we'll see. I... I don't know exactly what this means for for the teams as we uh, we approach, you know, the closing stage. It feels weird to say the closing stages of the season, but this this does feel like 
things are starting to ramp up for this final sprint now that the window has closed. Definitely, um, yeah, definitely. And I'll be interested just to just to quickly touch on Arsenal's moves. The this this window, um, they did address their defensive needs, bringing in Pablo Mari mm-hmm. from um, Brazil. Where where what club was he at? Um, Flamengo. Oh um, gosh, I should know. Yeah, he, I think he was at Flamengo, and um, I think that's right. And then bringing in uh, Cedric Suarez on loan from Southampton, um, they are really trying to address a lot of those concerns, being the concerns being David Luiz and Mustafi and Socrates at the back. Um, yeah, and not playing, you know, certain guys like massively out of position. Right, right, which has been a problem for them all year. So Maitland Niles will likely not have to play right back at this point, uh, mm-hmm. with Suarez being able to slide in. It'll be interesting to see. Now that Bellerin's back fit, um, how that kind of all works out. Um, but I think that those were two good signings for Arsenal. Um, I'm just, I'm legitimately not sure how much of an impact they're going to make. I mean, Cedric Suarez, mm-hmm. he's not, he's not, he's not he top wouldn't quality. wouldn't start on a lot of teams in this, in this league. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then Pablo Mari as well. I'm not quite sure what they're expecting out of him. Um, he is from uh, from Flamengo, by the way. Okay, yeah. Did look that up. I'm not sure if they're expecting him to kind of slot right into the side, or if they're gonna they're gonna try and work him in a little bit as um, as they go along. But it it so it seems like they've like they've addressed some concerns, but it'll be interesting to go on to see if see if it makes any uh, real differences on the pitch. Yeah. Um, other sort of. I guess moves that that we can note before we wrap up here. Uh, Josh Brownhill from Bristol City to Burnley for eleven point eight million. Uh, Danny Drinkwater loaned from Chelsea to Villa. Uh, Victor Moses loaned to AC Milan. <laughs> <laughs> which okay, sure. Uh, Crystal Palace takes in. Uh, is it Sanktosen? I Chanktosen. I've struggled. Chanked. Okay. Um, loaned out from Everton to Crystal Palace, which that's that's an interesting one actually. Um, Igalo, <laughs> yeah, loaned into uh, loaned into Manchester United from Shanghai Shenhua, um, while the Red Devils also loan out Ashley Young and Marcus Rojo to Inter and Estudiantes, respectively. Out outside of that, not a whole lot to uh, to really cover. I don't. Yeah, there oh, wasn't. Sander there wasn't. Sander Berge from a uh, Genk loaned into Sheffield United, which was their big signing. That's right. That was uh, twenty six million. Yeah, uh, was was rumored to be going to United, I think, for, for a <laughs> yeah. short second because somebody thought they saw him in the car. Right. Um, but and it was no just an academy luck. goalkeeper who was like 15 yeah. years old, yeah. <laughs> Never change. Never, Never change United fan accounts. Exactly. Um, but yeah, there was no real big signing. Like, I think it'll probably yeah. go down as being Bruno Fernandez. But again, everyone kind of saw that it was going to happen at some point. And um, it wasn't like the Virgil van Dijk level etc january signings yeah Yeah, that we've seen in the past so um not all that much all that much being changed around we'll see yeah how much that impacts the latter half of the season here Mm -hmm. but yeah a pleasure to get back on the mic with you of Um, course this was uh this was fun finally we uh finally we pumped out an episode right some good stuff uh, to talk about of decent length too yeah so uh that's great All right. right. We'll see you guys when we see you. Hopefully in less than two months.